0: Heart Seltzer does not ting very well. Uh, okay. So, Shannon Gormley, the legend herself, is going to come on the show today because Luke said, I can record on Thursday, and then Thursday came and Luke said, I can't record. So, welcome to the show, my beloved wife. Hey. <laughs> All right, Shannon, we have selected the greatest human beings that exist on the face of the earth. It's not the Jesuits, not the Dominicans, not the Franciscans, certainly not the Diocesans. Oh, no. Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. Yikes.
0: Yikes, indeed. We have selected our Patreon supporters, and we have asked them for AMA, Ask Me Anything. Shannon, they're going to ask you anything. Okay? Okay. And okay. within 10 minutes... We had, let's see, the grand total right now is twenty-four comments in ten minutes. Here we go. You ready? All right. I don't know if I'm ready. You gotta talk a lot louder than that. You hear how loud I'm talking? This is how loud you have to talk. Because you're right next to me. <laughs> yes, I am. And yet, for some reason you're whispering as if we don't you're have right a microphone. <laughs> but we have a microphone. Okay, here we go. All right. Sarah asks, off the top of your head, what is your favorite cocktail?
1: Uh vodka and tonic.
0: Anything with vodka, right?
1: Basically. But vodka tonic with a little bit of lime is always my favorite.
0: Okay. So our buddy Joey, who runs a bar, says, what does he say about vodka? It's essentially trash.
1: I don't know because I stopped listening.
0: Okay, fair enough. What's your least favorite cocktail?
1: Anything with gin.
0: Anything with gin. You hate gin. I hate
1: gin.
0: Yeah. And what is? what do you think my favorite cocktail is? It's an episode of like The Wedding Game or whatever that show was. What do you think my favorite cocktail is?
1: Truly's fruit
0: punch (laughs) The fruitier the better (laughs) Truly's fruit punch That's what we're drinking right now Okay, now, uh, the funny thing is, I tell you, I tell everyone that my wife is coming on, so the vast majority of the shows are marriage shows, or shows, questions. questions. The vast majority of I questions, <laughs> I've had too much uh, Truly's Fruit, Truly Fruit Punch. Okay, so I'm going to try to save the marriage stuff for a little bit later. I'm going to group them. So I'm going to ask the non-marriage stuff now, and then I'll go back. Does that sound good?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. This is like a court reporter <laughs> distracted
1: by our dog.
0: <laughs> our dog. He's so precious. Why aren't you paying attention to me right now? Oh, now he's going to come over. We acknowledged him. Oh no. Okay, what is your favorite TV show right now?
1: Uh, I mm, Well, I'm rewatching Downton Abbey right now.
0: Downtown Abbey as I thought it was called for 8 years.
1: <laughs> yes, no, not even close. But um I don't know if I have like a favorite, favorite show. I like things like The Last Kingdom. Oh. And then there's the show, The Vikings. I also like that one.
0: Right, a period piece show. I was telling everyone that you love a good period piece.
1: I do. Yeah. Love them. The Vikings.
0: Do they? So we got, we got the Call the Midwife. We have Victoria...
1: Uh, I kind of lost interest in Victoria. I also liked...
0: But you like the Nickelodeon hit show, Victorious.
1: <laughs> no. Please don't confuse that. No, that's good to our 11-year-old daughter. Okay, fair <laughs> enough.
0: You. I'm not going to lie. I love that show. It's so funny. Uh, I,
1: I kind of got a kick out of Liv and Maddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she said I finished it today, and I was a little sad.
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> Hey, guys, it is Luke here, and I am here today to tell you once again about BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp. Is there something that is getting in your way with your own personal happiness? What about her? diggy or is preventing you from trying to achieve your goals listen 2021 is a lot like 2020 everyone's having a hard time right now and that is okay help is out there you can find help right now with better help they can actually get you a match with your own professional licensed therapist within um, 48 hours they are not a crisis line it is not a self-help thing it is professional counseling done securely online and we have catching foxes on the listeners from from all of the country, even Canada, anyone, anywhere in the world can get help through BetterHelp, hel here is the deal: wants you to start on living a happier life today. But I'm going to tell you that it actually really does work. I know some people who've gotten some great help pun intended from BetterHelp H E L P. This podcast is is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Catching Foxes um, listeners get 10 off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes. Catching Foxes listeners get 10 off off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash foxes.
0: What is from Moira? What is something seemingly trivia, 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 trivial? <laughs> damn you, Trulies! That Gomer does or forgets to do that drives you nuts. For instance, for my parents, it is my mom accidentally putting away foodstuffs that my dad was still using when they are in the kitchen. So, what's an annoying thing I do or don't do that frustrates you? Just pick one, please.
1: (laughs) So many. No, uh, it's socks.
0: (laughs) What's wrong with my socks? I'm wearing socks right now like a gentleman.
1: So for those of you who are unaware, which hopefully is everyone, when Michael gets tired, he subconsciously (laughs) takes his socks off with his toes. Like so one foot and then the other foot. And then those socks stay wherever they fell. For an indefinite period of time, <laughs> and so they
0: until be, the dog gets them. <laughs>
1: uh, so they will be in our bed, like at the foot of our bed. They will be next to our bed. They will be under his office, like his home office desk. They will be somewhere around the couch, in the couch, next to the couch, any anywhere. He gets sleepy and he takes his socks off. They stay there, and then he'll say things like, "Where are all my socks?" <laughs> and I'll say. Trace
0: your steps. (laughs) Yeah, so the funny thing is, it's essentially, if you follow that pattern, anywhere a human dad could fall asleep. (laughs) So a chair, a couch, a bed, the the laundry room floor, wherever the Trulys fruit punch spiked hard seltzer is kept. I get it. I get it. Okay, now Nat, so we're going from Moira to Nat, and uh, they're right next to each other in the comments, but they're also right next to each other in my heart. Aww. I know, right? Nat says, and Nat also donated a whole bunch of Jewish books for my Jewish group of dudes that I'm going to. Love the Jews. Love the Jews in the prison. Which I got to go to the prison on Monday. You
1: didn't tell
0: them. No, I didn't. People, I got to go to the prison. It was awesome. For the first time in a year and a half. Okay, she says.
1: The kids like it when you go to prison. They <laughs> like saying, yeah, my daddy went to prison today. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, for your specific whim- of wisdom as a woman, not woman as a wisdom. For your specific wisdom as a woman, how do I get a specific man, not men generally, to actually listen to me without being naggy or bitchy? Not men in general. Okay. A man, me, let's say me. In this scenario, this wild hypothetical To listen to you without nagging Or bitching uh,
1: <laughs> I don't I, I can't say that this is my strength So I don't I can't say that I have a perfect answer For this question But I would say <clears throat> Excuse me Speak I don't Firmly, charitably But directly I feel like sometimes when we're We want someone to hear us. We talk around the subject without being direct. And so I feel like, I don't know, if you're more direct in what you're trying to ask or say, then it's not, I don't know, then they tend to listen more because you're being very specific. I think it's when we're talking in generalities, then we get frustrated, and then we can come across as like naggy or bitchy. But sometimes, honestly, that's necessary. Like you've asked them to do something several times that needs to get done. And so then you get really frustrated that they haven't listened. So inevitably it just kind of falls to that. But I would just say be direct in what you're asking.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, as someone who, you know, we talk about ADHD a lot and our inability to execute an executive function disorder. What I would say is, well, But butterfly squirrel dog. Oh, look at that dog. We should get a new dog. Let's get six dogs. Do you remember Snoop Dogg? I love the album from Snoop Dogg. Okay, no. Um, I would say that as as a man who has been on the nagging end of things, that sometimes I need that. And sometimes the reason why I'm mad at that is because I know I'm wrong, but I do not want to admit it in a 1000 years. Other than that, my wife has one superpower over me that she can use that Nat, I don't think you can use right now. I don't think you're married, but my wife has a superpower. Do you know what that superpower is?
1: Sex. And? Candy? (laughs) No.
0: I was going to say, I was going to say withholding because... Because the, the old taxes didn't get filed in 20-something because my wife was like, well, well she remembers the date. I'm like, I don't even know what decade it was in. Uh, <laughs> which is funny to me because she's Miss Eyes uh, dotted and T's crossed and she just won't do it. But I, I still have to do the taxes. It's fine. It's fine, Nat. It's fine. But she always has a superpower of withholding. Okay, let me scroll through this. Game on Shannon. Oh, you're going to love this one. NASCAR NASCAR. What do you think about the playoffs? Favorite driver? More, more, more.
1: So are those like separate questions? No, they're all one question. So I really like the playoff system in NASCAR. I think it's made the regular season a little bit more exciting because every stage point matters. Every playoff point matters. Because when it gets towards the end of the regular season, that cutoff line really means something. Kind of like in other sports too, right? You're just trying to get that one more win, that one more point, whatever, to get you in the playoffs. Um and my current favorite driver mm-hmm-hmm. um i have a couple of favorite drivers my probably my favorite driver right now is matt de benedetto he drives the number 21 It's not a real name just it is it yeah, is what's his last name? De, de benedetto okay. anyways he drives the number 21 for the wood brothers and he's just all around um He's just a really great guy. He's come in second a couple of times, and uh, he's looking for his first win. And, like, everybody in the sport really likes him. He's just – I don't know. He's just one of those good guys. And so um, I'm kind of rooting for him. But, uh, yeah. So he's probably my current favorite driver. Mm. And he's currently on the cusp of the playoffs. Mm.
0: Follow-up. Do you – Rachel asked, my husband and I recently started watching F1, thanks to NASCAR – or NASCAR – Netflix – do you watch F1 in addition to NASCAR or maybe Indy?
1: I've watched a few things. I can't say that I follow it very much. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson just retired from NASCAR to drive. I think he is driving in Indy. Mm, I forget which one. And so if I watched a couple of races just to watch him drive because I liked him in NASCAR.
0: There's a funny thing with Shannon that this is like the three phases of Shannon Rothgar, and Rothgar is the name of the NASCAR watching Bud Light drinking Bud Select drinking Viking, Viking. yeah. So uh, Shannon Shannon uh, Rothgar, she phase one is revelation shock. You watch NASCAR, right? So I'll never forget her talking to my dad about NASCAR, and he's like, (laughs) "You what?" Wait, what, what are you talking about? You watch NASCAR? And then she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Then it goes into phase two, which is curiosity. Why do you watch NASCAR? How long have you been watching NASCAR? Do you really know anything about NASCAR? And I've told our audience, the reason why you not watch NASCAR is in college at Franciscan. Your brother went there, and you wanted to bond with him a little bit more. So he loved NASCAR at the time you began watching it, right?
1: hmm yes.
0: And then we found out after we were married that he stopped watching nascar completely and you yeah. never stopped
1: he stopped when dale junior retired a few years back and uh and he realized he was just a dale junior fan but i became a complete nascar fan i am not driver specific
0: which is so funny i don't understand what any of these words mean but uh <laughs> <laughs> but then comes phase 3 which is it goes from like shock to curiosity to I watch shannon to i would just say conversion. Shannon begins to teach people about the sport, <laughs> and they literally from me to my dad, my brother Chris, my mom, my parents all they like sports like they're they're into it they're not fanatics, but my mom even she's always been into it i'm the odd person in my family, wouldn't you say
1: uh in regards to sports, yes,
0: what about other things, baby
1: <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have a brother who's two years older than me, and I'm like, how did Shannon not marry my brother?
1: There's multiple reasons for that.
0: Thank you for saying that. (laughs) You just saved me from a psychiatrist's couch. But it's funny because she'll sit down and she'll teach, you will catechize people into the world of NASCAR. And it's like, wait, the pit crew does what? There's points for the
1: pit crews? And the thing is, is, I would say I'm a fan, but I'm not like a super fan. Like, I can't rattle off stats for a lot of things. I can't. Right, if you ask me, like who won, you know the Cup Series in like two thousand one, I couldn't answer that question for you. Like, I just enjoy the sport. So, just like anything you enjoy, you learn a lot about it learn some of the cool things about it and then you like to share people because it's something you really enjoy the great thing is that several of our children now are super into nascar and i love it
0: and i hate it it's funny I, it's such a reverse situation I, I hear all these like i get my fair share of couples with marriage problems coming to me at the church and it's always things like, all he does is watch sports. All he does is sit in front of that damn TV for four hours on a Sunday. And I'm like, preach it, sister. I get it. And she's all, give me nachos. They're about to make a left turn. And I'm all, I'm okay, baby. Uh, no, I'm not because I can't eat cheese. That's a good point. <laughs> well played. Well played. Give me a Bud Light. Give me a gluten-free hard seltzer. So, the, also, the last thing I'll say about the NASCAR thing is it is uh, fascinating to find out that they don't just turn left. There are actually, what do you call those tracks that, uh, where they turn right?
1: Road courses. And what do they do? They go all directions. Now, do they
0: really, though? They
1: go right and left, straight, sometimes in a circle, but that's mostly accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> they even ran a dirt course this year, a dirt track. Why? For the fun of it. That seems
0: absurd. Was it like a real race?
1: Yeah, it was a real race. It counted. There were points. People lost.
0: People <laughs> <passed>. died. <No. laughs> Cars exploded.
1: People couldn't see. They were showing like in-car video cam, and like you couldn't see a darn thing. I i don't even know how they drive on dirt for reals, but it was pretty awesome.
0: Okay. I have one honest question that uh, has been bothering me about NASCAR. This is an honest question that I just thought of right now. No, don't be nervous. Okay. So many wrecks. Yes. Okay. Do they just have the identical car in a trailer in the back, and it's like, well, my million-dollar supercar just got wrecked. Bring out the other million-dollar car.
1: No. So when you go to a track, if you wreck during like qualifying, which they haven't had in the last, they didn't have it last season, and they haven't had it yet this season, or
0: because of COVID.
1: Yes, or practice. Um, Which again, they haven't had this season, then you're allowed to use your backup car, but you usually have to start no matter where you qualified. Even if you qualified first, you have to start at the back of the field. But during the race, once you wreck, you're out. If your car is not fixable, there's a whole level of like how much you can fix and all that jazz. You can go to the garage for part of it, and if they can't fix it after a certain amount of time, or you determine you can't, you don't have the parts to fix it to make it runnable, then you're just out of the race. So once the race starts, you can't go to your backup car.
0: Okay, but what about for the next race?
1: Yeah, so the next race, then they'll...
0: Then can you have a backup to your backup car?
1: Well, for the next race, so you get a backup car for every race you go to.
0: Okay, so that's what I was wondering. Yeah.
1: But sometimes that backup car, and depending on the... This is where I really nerd out, and I get kind of embarrassed. (laughs) But depending on the track, depends on what car you're bringing, because every track requires something different, whether it's a short track, a road course, a dirt course, all that jazz. So
0: anyway so soon soon we're going to talk about atonement theology (laughs) 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 listen i care about what track not it's like it's like with me sometimes and like game of thrones like i think at one point i knew more about the history of westeros than i did about america (laughs) and that's when i realized america has a problem All right, here's a good question. What is it like to classically homeschool your kids? Any curriculum recommendations? Would you ever consider Catholic school? And I want you to be honest, my dove.
1: Um, This is a great question and a question I have lots of feelings about. So Catholic school, um, yes, I would consider it, but it would depend on the Catholic school because I feel like these days a lot of Catholic schools are only called Catholic schools because they offer a religion class. But in actuality, it's not any different than any public school because a lot of them are just trying to keep pace with what public schools offer. Um, I think Catholic schools should be offered, (coughs) excuse me, and accessible to the people that live in your parish. And if you've overpriced yourself, that your average person, average family can't send their children there, um, then I think there's something wrong with that. Then also, if you have children with special needs and even – who just need, who have learning disabilities and need accommodations, if your local Catholic school can't provide that, then that's also an issue. So those are some of my issues with Catholic schools. So I would consider it at some point, but it would have to be the right school for my children. And then homeschool, I love homeschooling, and I love the classical approach. I honestly knew nothing about it when we first started, right? Like you start, Michael was talking about all these different forms of education, I was thoroughly confused because <laughs> I was like, uh, what? They just have to learn how to read. Like, that's it. Anyways, I've really fallen in love with the classical approach. Um, and I feel like it just makes a lot of sense. And nothing is more satisfying than when your child picks up a book and reads it from cover to cover the first time. And you had a lot to do with that. Like, they learned from you on how to read. And so I just think that that's awesome. The bulk of our curriculum, so I, I love Memorial Press. I, they are, I think, I I mean, I can't say they're the leaders in classical education, but I want to say that there's stuff lots of other curriculums use. So I've seen them in different homeschool academies and things like that. So Memorial Press is where we we started and where the bulk of our stuff still comes from. And then I think like in all things, uh, sometimes you try other curriculums to better meet the needs of your kids. And those work or they don't, but we always keep coming back to Memorial Press. So that would be my my recommendation of curriculum on where to start. Hey,
0: everyone. Gomer here. Let me talk to you real quick about Redacted Coffee Company. They specialize in premium, small batch coffees that are roasted to order. Let me say that again. This means the coffee you order is roasted the same day it is shipped to you. That ensures the freshest Possible coffee being delivered directly to your door. This is why when you get coffee, so many people have to put stuff in it because when you get bad coffee that was roasted weeks earlier and then you finally get it it's my store coffee, it's just sitting on grocery store shelves and it's gross. And that's why we have to add all this creamer and stuff because it's not fresh. Now, here's the deal. Redacted Coffee Company, their beans are ethically and sustainably sourced. They prioritize, is what I love, Catholic social teaching right here, they prioritize ensuring farmers are not exploited and are paid more than a living wage for their work. That's awesome. Also, redacted coffee beans are processed in an environmentally responsible way that does not waste water. They only ship to the U.S. and Canada because of the freshness, but also out of concern about companies just trying to give everything to everyone in the name of profit. They don't do K-Cups because they're wasteful, they're destructive, and also, and we all know this if we admit it in our hearts, they produce inferior cups of coffee. I also like their business model because they're employee owned. Redacted Coffee believes that's the ethical thing to do. Catching Fox's listeners get 25% off their purchases. 25%, that's incredible. Okay. But <laughs> you have to choose your loyalty. You can use one of two promo codes Team Luke. Or Team Gomer at checkout. No, there isn't a limit on the number of times you can use the promo code. Yes, this is a popularity contest. Gosh, I love these people over at Redacted Coffee. That's Redacted Coffee Company who is sponsoring this show, small batches, premium coffee, roasted to order. Thank you all for sponsoring this episode of our show. (laughs) Team Gomer. What sold you on homeschooling? Because... For the biggest thing for you, you had this vision of your daughters and sons going off to Catholic school in their little uniforms because you come from St. Louis where there are more Catholic schools than there are guns in Texas. So, (laughs) like, how did you make that shift?
1: Well, this is something we had talked about for a long time because you were sort of homeschooled in high school. (laughs) I was just
0: at home watching Law & Order eating big salads with my mommy. (laughs) Getting on AOL 3.0.
1: And then you got that GED. So anyways, we had had this conversation before, but since I've been in Catholic school literally my entire life, from kindergarten through undergraduate and graduate, I've never gone anywhere but a private institution. And so I've known nothing outside of that. And um, so it was kind of always my dream to watch my, you know, I was joking, my little girls go off to school in their uniforms and their little loafers and, you know all of that stuff. So I was really excited about that. And we worked out the deal with the school. Um, but the funny thing is, is right before then, so we had had our fourth baby in five years, which is a lot for those of you who haven't had kids. It's a lot to have four kids in five years. And so, um, I was on a little bit of the struggle bus after baby number four came. And, um, so I really was looking forward to like shipping kids off to school and kind of having some alone time. Um, And then whatever something happened, I had asked, because we had talked about homeschooling, I had asked the Lord if he ever really wanted it for our family, then he had to make it obvious. And he had to put it, make it so blatant that it was him speaking, this is what we were supposed to do, that I couldn't miss it. And so um, one day I was nursing our newborn. And uh, scrolling through the Insta, and sure enough, there was this post about this woman, and the post was titled, I still remember, like, 8.08 a.m., and the post was all about how that day at 8.08, all four of her kids, she had four kids, were sitting at the breakfast table in their jammies, talking, hanging out, and it was, like, just this beautiful picture And she said a year ago at 8.08 a.m., they would have been screaming at each other. Someone would have been crying. Someone would have forgotten their lunch. They would have been late to school. Like she just talked about this, the joy of homeschooling, that they could have these family moments um, together. And that just like hit me so hard that that's exactly what I wanted for our family, that I wasn't looking forward to sending our kids off to school to be – somewhere else and with other people that, right. We had kids, we had our family because is what we prayed for. This is what we wanted. And I wanted our kids, um, to be able to have those opportunities to be together and learn things from each other and together and all of that. So at the same time, it was such an answer to prayer because it was such a peaceful decision. And it, our oldest was only going to be in kinder. And I'm like, I can read, I know my ABCs, I can count to a hundred, I can do kindergarten. So if we're going to try homeschooling, this would be the time. And then wouldn't you know it, here we are getting ready to embark on our sixth year this coming year. And I wouldn't change a thing. Would you?
0: Oh, gosh, so much. I spent the last two books worth of the Harry Potter series in audible format, painting a chalkboard wall. And you never use it. So strike two. Other than that, no, it's it's good. Okay, a lot of people have a very similar question. What? Um, about marriage, which is essentially how do you, the, it's, a lot of them is like, what were your first two years? Like, how did you survive your first year being married to Gomer? I don't know if that was about me in particular or just being married in general, but I think you could share about the first year of us being married. Um, but I like this one. If you had, uh, and this is our friend Bria Scott. If you had to pick an obsession of Gomer's that you would appreciate the most which one would it be? Also, hi, Shannon. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, the answer is she's not. She's not having a good day. Every day while I'm leading Vacation Bible School and wake up at 4 a.m. and come home exhausted at 5 p.m., Shannon's not having a good day. She's like, oh, take the kids. I gotta go make dinner, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> cute. It is a good thing I'm cute. I'm not even all that cute. It just takes so little for sure. Okay, so what's one obsession of mine because we joke that every you know month and a half I get a new religion. What's one obsession of mine that you find beneficial or that you appreciate?
1: Definitely your finance thing from two Exodus 90s ago, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that was very beneficial for our family and uh, has done great things for the trajectory of our family's well-being.
0: Would you say you too are on FIRE, Financially Independent Retire Early? Mm. yes. <laughs> as long as there's no follow-up questions, yes. <laughs> okay, what's the, uh, James asks underneath Bria's, uh, what is your least favorite obsession of mine?
1: Oh, gosh. It probably is this whole gun, safety gun, active self-protection uh, stuff, because it just.
0: Whatever do you mean, honey? It's keeping us safe. Provide and protect also maybe a little paranoia and then we have- provide protect paranoid those are
1: the peas oh, it's ASP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no and uh, we do have one child in particular who's got a severe anxiety disorder so some of this doesn't assist <laughs> in relieving some of that anxiety.
0: okay so what Shannon's talking about is <laughs> there's a YouTube channel called active self-protection which shows sec-
1: Great, lots of good pointers. We'll also scare the shit out of you.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. It's okay, it's catching foxes, not every new shall bow. No, active self protection is a YouTube channel where a guy who is a security professional critiques, breaks down, illustrates the principles of good self protection. And by usually showing videos where they are not, and in fact, funny enough, I was on a phone call earlier today with the fine folks at Tilma and I had just started one, so I muted the TV. But I kept watching it because it was mesmerizing, and I made my wife watch it. So I had to knock that off because uh, my kids – here's the deal with homeschoolers. The one the one thing I have against homeschooling – can I tell you what it is? Sure. I mean, you're going to tell us anyway. It's true. Uh, <laughs> Piggy's got the conch. Uh, the one thing I have about homeschooling is it can – when you start from homeschooling, right? So I was homeschooled in high school, like big whoop. But when you start homeschooling, your kids can be very naive. And to a certain point, that's good. Like, our kids are very innocent. They don't know, you know, they don't know what a booby is. They don't know what a butt is. Okay, they know what butts are. But uh, our kids, like, don't understand nudity and stuff like that. Like, they're they're all safe from that. They don't have some weirdo on a bus showing them things on their iPhone that they got when they were four, right? But they are so naive about the world that they trust everyone all the time. If you're an adult, like, okay, I'll do whatever you want. And I'm like, we got predators on our street. Like, oh, heck no. Like... We don't live in the nice part of the woodlands with a gate at our neighborhood. We got we got, we literally have one. Of, outlaws we have the, <laughs> we, yes, we are filled with outlaws. So, anywho, that's been my one fear of homeschooling is is that so active self protection turns out gave my kids nightmares for months. Whoopsie. Okay, so what is the
1: when they have nightmares, talk about fun things in marriage that you sleep through and you wake up in the morning <laughs> and wonder why I'm still tired. <laughs>
0: I'm like, gosh, my wife is so lazy. I get up at 5.20. I make coffee. I pray the scriptures. I have a very beautiful encounter with our Lord. I journal. Sometimes I make a dream journal. (laughs) All the the dreams. I I, I take a a mason jar. I fill it two-thirds with water. One-third with vegetable oil. I make a little ocean. (laughs) I put some seashells in there. Uh, Then you wake up and you come stumbling down at 7. Where's my coffee? Turns out all six of our children and we only have four visited you in the middle of the night with nightmares i didn't even know that didn't even know
1: you're welcome yeah
0: thank you slept through the whole thing anywho um what's it like being married and this is a real a real question what's it like being married to a world famous podcaster do you listen to the podcast craig come on you know the answer is no are there any stories that gomer has shared that you want to share your side of the story too So, what's it like being married to a world-famous, seedless Catholic celebrity?
1: True story. Driving the other day to VBS, and I only had uh, our Cecilia with us, and she asked if you were famous. She's like, Mommy, is Daddy, like, really famous? And I said... (laughs) Well, I said there are a lot of people who listen to his podcast. I said so. I would say in certain parts of the social spectrum, yes, he's pretty well known. She's like, well, I think he is really famous because there is like a lot on social media about him. <laughs> <laughs> she said that.
0: Oh, thanks for saving it for the show, baby. You're welcome. Uh, mm. It was, it was. Um, We got a text message from Luke, who was upset, and he's fighting the temptation to stop studying uh, semi-variables, which I don't even know what that is. And he sent us a text message. Are you ready for this, Shannon? What is it like to share your husband with me?
1: I would say it's no big deal, because when Luke and I are together, (laughs) it's my clothes on the outside. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's an uncomfortable marriage. It is.
1: Luke just flops between the two of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Flops. What an uncomfortable word picture you just painted.
1: I was just envisioning Luke Uh, (laughs) in college.
0: I said, "Oh, you should have your wife, Erin, send one in." I said, "Oh, wait, Eastern time, she's probably asleep." Which is, he said, "She is." And I said, "My wife just made a GED joke. It's like you're here." And he said, that's why she's my favorite. Also, feel free to make your GPA jokes while I'm studying at one of the most prestigious Catholic universities. Actually, he said, at the world's most prestigious Catholic university. And there's a lot of grammar errors. Please say that. That would be so funny. <sighs> oh, Luke. Shannon, uh, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If I could be uh, at a job that I loved like the perfect job for me, or in school, where would I be?
1: If you could be in school somewhere? Like
0: as a student, not as like a professor.
1: Would you like to go to Rome and like study at the institute over there? I
0: mean, yes. But the question is, would I rather be working at a dream job or be be a student?
1: You'd rather be a student. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What makes you say that?
1: Because you love learning.
0: And I don't want responsibility. I just want. Well, to be positive. <laughs> yeah. I just want to live that college lifestyle all over again. All right, let me bring up some more questions. How you feeling? Good. Can you say it into the microphone? Well, you have- I'm balancing a fruity drink on my chest. The same flavor, by the well, way. That like
1: six feet away. I right?
0: did. Well, because I don't want to be nestled inside you like a little baby. But well,
1: I thought you liked that. I do. I do. <laughs> we'll probably have to redo this whole podcast. Ooh,
0: with pants on.
1: Yes. Damn it. Sorry. That's okay. NFP.
0: (laughs) (laughs) NFP you. What's the hardest thing to work through in our marriage?
1: The hardest thing? Yeah. In-laws. In-laws. Yes. What? On both sides.
0: On both sides. Your parents are probably the worst people I've ever met in my life.
1: (laughs) You're such a liar. They
0: are. They're they're cantankerous, judgmental. (laughs) Very closed hearted. Really <laughs> They're really into
1: Old Spice.
0: They're really into Old Spice. Shannon's mom, whenever it's Christmas uh, and I'm there for the holidays, she always gives me...
1: Not always. She did it like twice. To, in a row. Yeah. In 12 years, she did it twice.
0: Well, we've only been at their house for Christmas like five or six times.
1: No. 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 Okay. Oh, gosh. Okay, what's the hardest? My northerner just came out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, dear. There's oh, too much dear. snow. Oh, dear. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, is it, what, what has made it hard?
1: Especially in the beginning, uh, I think this is probably true for every marriage, right? When you come together, it's about like shedding your family and creating the family between you and your spouse. I think that coming together as a family and trying to decide what you're going to keep, like stuff that was important to you growing up, stuff that was important to your spouse, how you're going to integrate that into your own family and your own traditions and things like that. But then at the same time, you kind of have these voices of, and some are louder than others, of people in your family. It's like, well, we never did that. Or well, why are you doing that? And well, we always thought this, right? Because they have expectations of what they want for like you guys and for their grandkids, right? And so all of, waiting through all of that, and it becomes like a thing, right? Where you kind of have to understand to each other, like, I love your parents. You came from them, so I can't hate them because you are a part of them, right? So- um,
0: All the good parts, none of the junk.
1: Right, but then at the same time, like we are our own family and we're embarking on this together and we have expectations and ideas for our own family that we really feel are, are important to us and and stuff like that. So just being able to communicate that in a way that's charitable of each other and being able to take a joke. It's going to happen that my parents are going to upset Michael and his parents are going to upset me and to understand, like to be able to joke about that, to be able to, you know, to get through that um, and understand that it comes from not a place of, I hate them. It comes from a place of like, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> right. I don't know. But I would say like, that was probably the hardest thing at the very beginning. Cause there's just a lot that comes with both of our families. And so trying to kind of shut that out and focus on what we want and to come always come together on, Decisions and whatever we want to come forward, especially when it comes to our children.
0: Let's take a brief break to talk about our friends over at Equipped. The statistics are pointing out what we've already seen with our own eyes. Engagement in the Catholic faith is not returning to what it was before the pandemic. Even though it may seem like the Catholic sky is falling, all is not lost. But we do need to take a bold action. Catholicism in the modern age requires new approaches to bring the love of God to a hurting world. Are you interested in figuring out how to practically do that? The team over at Equipped is hosting a free three-part video series that will break down what every Catholic needs to know about the state of the church and the world and what to do to help the church thrive. In these challenging times, it's called Catholicism in the Modern Age. This mini course is for anyone who wants their faith to be more than just a spectator sport parents, neighbors, friends, ministry leaders, priests, godparents, disciples, and yes, you. Anyone who desires to grow in their faith and invite others into the church will be equipped and encouraged by this video course. Each session is less than 15 minutes long and is filled with the latest research paired with our time tested faith. By the end of the series, you will have clear, practical steps that will transform you, your faith, your family, and the world around you. Also, as a crazy side note of this AMA, it's hosted by my wife's ex-boyfriend that's right chris bartlett who is an amazing human being an excellent minister used to date my wife before me so click the affiliate link in the show notes and we get credit for you going catholicism in the modern age video mini course for you don't miss out the game has already changed the question is have you updated your strategy to thrive as a catholic disciple in this modern world thank you to our friends over at equipped for sponsoring this episode so thinking back to our first year of marriage outside of the in-laws. So me and you, when we got married, got married in St. Louis, but we were destined for Texas, just like the Lord wanted. And uh, your life was radically different from what it was a year earlier. You were the head of all of youth ministry. Then you quit, finished grad school with me, and then we got married. Mm -hmm. And then you are a stay-at-home wife, no kids initially, and I'm working full-time. And we lived on the church property, which was weird.
1: Yeah, and lonely.
0: And lonely, very lonely. But also beneficial for us as a right. new couple. So how would you describe our first year and what were some obstacles? I think, actually, you just named the obstacle, which is loneliness. But, yeah, <laughs> whoopsie.
1: No, I think because we moved from being around family and around a pretty good community to nothing, to just the two of us, which um, we were blessed. We have some great friends from that time, um, Peter Poli- the Politos, Peter and Elizabeth, Um And uh, we were really fortunate to meet them and they were kind of like the saving grace of that whole year. Um, But it was really hard to go from having community and having family to having nothing and just the two of us. But then at the same time, it was really great because we had to figure out how to just rely on one another. I I don't know. Other than that, just to rely on one another and to make decisions together and I don't know how to do life.
0: How did you survive me?
1: Well, you went to work a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, okay. Ooh, here's a really good one from James, our friend, our friendly teacher from Canada. James asks, a wife's perspective on the pros and cons of Exodus 90.
1: I really, I like this question. This is a good question because we know some people whose wives literally hate Exodus 90, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah.
1: They are, like, very vocal about how much they hate it. So, here's my thing, is that when Michael did it the first time, I would never really heard about it. So, it was like, I didn't. I really didn't know what to expect. But by the end of it, he had stopped drinking Coke Zero, which had been something I had hoped that he had would stop doing uh, for quite some time. I would say even, like, years before then, it bothered me, like, how much Coke Zero he drank. And so, the fact that Exodus 90...
0: And this was before I drank coffee. So, yeah. this was my coffee... And my, like if you drink a soda at lunch or dinner, I was my coffee, my soda at lunch and dinner.
1: And I would say I would buy like a 12 pack every week at the grocery store, but you, that would be gone in like two days, maybe three, maybe two and a half,
0: but we had free Coke zero at work. So,
1: (laughs) but that was just at home. So anyways, It it was, he drank it so much and for whatever reason, it just bothered me. I think because it's just crap. Like there's nothing good in Coke zero. So anyways, um. So that was my first experience with it was that I, I watched it help him break this habit. Um, but then also, like, it developed, like, this personal prayer habit with him and, um, and some other things that were really great to watch. Like, I don't know, I feel like when you truly love your spouse and you watch them... Thrive in these situations. Plus, the guys that are in the group, one of them in particular, I've had the benefit of knowing for quite some time because he was on my core team way back in the day when I worked at another parish. Um, and just, I really uh, liked him and adored his wife. And, anyways, so it was a group, a good group of people, a good group of guys. So I would say I, I didn't have any apprehensions about it the first time. And then the second time he backed out of it just because there was so much going on in our life. That was not me. And then the third time, which was recently, um, was last year, right? Last year or this year? This year. This year. I. He said, you know, uh, there's... I'm thinking about doing this again. And I was all for it because and then this time I said I would do it with him. Which I didn't do everything, but I did a lot of stuff. And again, some of those those habits have stayed with us, which I just feel like are blessings because it's areas of growth that we need it as individuals and together as a couple. And so I just really I look at it from that perspective, not as like there were nights that first Exodus 90 where like he couldn't drink and watch TV and I would have had like a stressful day and I would have bought myself a bottle of wine and he would come out to hang out at night and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I need this. (laughs) You need to go do something else. And he would, and it wasn't every night, but there. Yeah. But I was like. This is what I need in these moments. And it was not like, oh, you're not supporting me. It was a respectful, like, nope, she absolutely needs this moment. And she needs to be able to watch her show and just have, you know, that time to herself. And I knew he wouldn't take offense to it um, and stuff like that. So I have a very positive outlook for Exodus 90.
0: Yeah. And I love it. And and I'm not going to stop. I, I love it. It's funny. I might take a warm shower, but I always finish it cold. Always and now Shannon does that um there's there's so many benefits that happened, but really until you know not to bring up a sad subject, but until we lost hope um, in Holy Week, uh, that miscarriage led to kind of a depression for both of us that we're just now kind of clawing ourselves out of and I've shared that with the folks who listen, but for us it was like it was like a 180 on a lot of on not everything but a lot of those gains that we had made from both doing Exodus 90. In different ways.
1: It's kind of crazy because like looking at it, you can kind of, I mean, God's hand's always in it, even in the darkest things. But looking at going through Exodus 90 together and making these strides as a couple um, and coming closer, you know, deepening our relationships with Christ. But then also our relationship with each other. And then Christ has a couple. um, And then something like that happens. You can't help but think like that was In some way, God's preparation for us, because those are really hard things to go through. And um, the fact that in the midst of it, we were still able to function and have joy and that we still trust in God's plan, even though we don't understand it. I I can't help but think that a lot of that foundation was laid through Exodus 90 and and through what we had done with that um, before that happened.
0: Okay, so I'm going to totally change the tone yeah. of this conversation, to something happy. Okay. Okay, what do you want Catching Fox's fans to know about me?
1: About about you?
0: About me. Like, what do you think they don't know that you want them to know about me?
1: Well, they don't listen to your podcast, <laughs> so I don't know what they already know. <laughs> That's so deep. That's so deep. Uh... That your love for the church is genuine and deep and that when you meet people who are suffering either at the hands of the church or are suffering and therefore separated from the church, it pains you and that you want nothing more than to heal that relationship. To find a way. That's why when you get so passionate about people in churches, in church work, whether that be ordained ministers or fellow lake members, you know, workers in the field, whatever, dropping the ball and not doing the work that they should be doing. It's not just that you get angry. It's because it hurts you. You know that it's hurting the people of God. So that I I don't know. People, I've I've seen the weight that you carry with that. And so I feel like it means more than maybe you let on to the average person.
0: And that's why I drink.
1: Truly. Fruit (laughs) punch. (laughs) A.K.A. also not sponsored. (laughs) But we'd be open to it.
0: (laughs) Have you ever, and we're going to wrap up here soon because it's been an hour. Have you ever. Found it difficult to maintain a balance between independent identities as married people, yet still be one. I just, just to preface this or contextualize this question, uh, at VBS I have a handful, I have uh, six moms who are my core members and I have about 18 assistants. And I'm up there and I'm talking and I said, um, I'm talking with the the moms, and we're just we're just gabbing before the, the events begin. Kids are playing some gaga ball, and we're just gabbing. And uh I said, you know, it's really funny, I am an extrovert, and my wife is an introvert. And uh and I said, So yeah, I said, but we're both external processors. And this one woman said, Oh, it's so is that hard, a lot of conflict, and I go, no, because my wife is like, get out of the house. You need it. And I kind of want to be alone. And so it like balances. I know there is an extroversion or an introversion thing where it's like, I want to be alone together, which kind of sounds stupid. I want to be at home together. I want to do the homebody thing. And I said, no, I, I have to drag my wife to events. And then she always thanks me for it, but then tells me she's not going to hang out with people for the next three days. And she has to keep me. From going out sometimes. Um, COVID kind of changed all those dynamics. It's, it's really weird. I was supposed to go out drinking with the Exodus 90 guys tonight. And I'm like, I got a podcast. But that's been a pretty fascinating thing in our relationship that kept us, I think, from collapsing our identities.
1: I think this fluctuates, too. Like, uh, if we go through, like, short story of our marriage. Like, first year of marriage, I didn't have any kind of job. Michael was working. And then... We had our first baby and then all of a sudden I had to go back to work and he stayed at home because that was when Le evangelist kicked off. And then we were, then after that year, so that was year two, year three, we both started working and then we both worked together for a whole year. And then, so it was like. You know stay at home wife and then every year. working mom and then and stay at home dad and then both working parents and then we had two kids, and then it was a stay at home mom. It was constantly changing and so I feel like our ability to process, because we both, yes, our external processors, we're not very good at keeping things to ourselves. It's pretty obvious if something is bothering someone else and that we have to say it. So I think like that open communication was really good, but it was always changing and not, and not for bad. It was just like, that was the way our life came, you know, fell. And then when we decided to homeschool, like that was the thing, but I have found, I don't know, every, every change that comes, like I have found like a new part of myself that I kind of didn't know existed. So the ability to still have some, even though I'm maybe not the visual person of our relationship out in the world, I still very much feel like I have a presence and a purpose outside of the home. Does that make sense?
0: A presence and a purpose outside the home? Yes. As if our home is not presence.
1: Well, but I mean like... (laughs) In addition to, like, I definitely have, as noted by, whenever I'm not capable of doing things here in the home. (laughs) Or even just, like, if we're all hanging out together, how many times do the kids ask you for things Mm -hmm. versus me?
0: They never ask me for anything.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, I feel like my purpose is very well defined in the home. But outside the home, I feel like Mm. it's known. It's gotten known.
0: Okay. How do you stay sane with kids at home? Uh, Oriel up in Alaska asks for life hacks to stay, uh, sane when you have stay at home kids and throw homeschooling into the mix. The answer is she doesn't, and truly's fruit
1: punch. <laughs> Again with the truly's. Uh, no. Okay. So Jen Fullwiler actually had a funny thing today, um, on her, um, she shared on Instagram. I think it's on her TikTok. I don't know. I don't know TikTok, but on her Instagram. But it was about screen time <laughs> and how it's, uh, anyways, you should just watch it if you haven't seen it yet. It makes a lot of sense. But I would say this like, it is really hard to be at home all day with and doing all the things for your kids, right? You're running them to appointments, you're educating them, you're, you know, trying to te- show them the light, so to speak, of our faith and. You're all you are all the things and then on top of that you have to do like the wife things and then you have to do the house things you have to cook the dinner like all that stuff it all falls on you so it's very easy to get overwhelmed and I will definitely say there are been several days where I text Michael like when you get home I'm leaving. And I have a couple hours and you're not allowed to contact me (laughs) while I'm out. Um, And that doesn't happen all the time, but there are days where that happens because I just need to get out and have a break. But also I would say that um, there's nothing wrong in giving your kids um, an iPad and saying y'all have 20 minutes or whatever your time frame is so that you can take a hot second. Uh, There's also nothing wrong. I have a good girlfriend um, (laughs) who will literally lock her kids out in the backyard (laughs) and they've got like all sorts of stuff in the backyard, but she'll lock her screen door and they have to stay outside for like an hour so she can get something out of the house. They're fine outside. There's nothing wrong. This is good for them. And they always find things to entertain themselves. But I feel like as moms, we feel guilty if they're crying or, you know, like I'm so hot and I'm tired and I don't want to be outside. Like, whatever, you also have things that you have to get done. So um, there's nothing wrong, I think, with doing either of those things. And then even for me, I'll tell my kids, like, you have to leave me alone for the next hour because I have to get this thing done. For the most part, it depends on how firm I am. If, they're, if they if I cave, it's my own fault. But, like, to tell them, no, you all have to be entertained for the next hour because I have to do this. End of story.
0: It's really funny when my wife tells me those Memes you see on the internet of, like, I locked the door to the bathroom, and yet they find me. And you see those little fingers coming through the crack at the bottom of the door. Um, But here's a great question from James. As a stay-at-home dad, it's usually easier when my wife is home. There are a few things that get done easier when she's out of town. What are a couple of things she's nodding her head vigorously? What are a couple of things that Gomer is great with helping at, and what are a few things get, that get easier when he's away? <laughs> oh, this is gonna hurt.
1: Michael travels, he used to travel a whole lot. COVID has stopped a lot of that stuff, unfortunately. But, um, so for uh, but before COVID, Michael would travel a lot, and there was one time in particular, and and people will ask me, like, I don't know how you do it, I don't know how you handle it when he's out of town, and honestly, when he goes out of town, my brain switches to kind of a survival mode where I get super strict about our schedule, about our routine, especially at night, you know, where the kids have to go to their rooms, um, by 7 30, you know, summertime, we're a little bit flexed with that. But anyways, um, but there was this one particular time where he was going to be out of town. He was out of town for several days and he was going to be home for like maybe a night. Like you were going to come home at dinner and then you would have to leave at like 5 a.m. the next morning. And I actually asked you to stay in a hotel at the Airport, because then you were turning around and going home, and I was like, you would be doing me a service by just staying in this mode rather than coming home and having the kids be like, "Daddy's home!" Like, and so excited, and then oh, Daddy left. You know, again, like that one of those things, and then like your flight ended up getting delayed, so you actually came home to sleep, but the kids never knew you were here, and I never told them. So I would say, like, when he goes out of town, I my brain switches, and so um, into this other mode. Um, that sometimes it's hard for me when he comes home, it takes me like a day or so to get out of that mode to remind myself like, Oh no, he's here. Like he's not gone and he's actually here to be helpful. Um, but I would say that our daily routine I'm better, I'm better at because I'm here all the time. And sometimes when you're home, it changes that routine. So we fall out of sync in regards to that. But then I would also say like, with homeschooling and stuff, like as much as the kids are like, oh no, it's Dad's turn. Like it is really good for them. Because every
0: Friday, every Friday, I I work Sunday to Thursday, and every Friday I'm the one who teaches the kids, and Shannon goes to work. Mm-hmm. We call it Sharon time because one of my coworkers thought her name was Sharon, and so we just that's mm-hmm. our persona at work. Um, so I stay home with the kids. And that's when I discovered by just asking them questions because I have no freaking clue what the hell's going on. I asked them a trillion questions like, "So what are you learning?" I'm like, "I don't know something with commas." And I'm like, "Oh, they don't know any. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna teach them everything that they would, you know." And then I go nuts, and they hate it, yeah. and then they learn.
1: But I think it's good that they get that other perspective or whatever. So hopefully that answered some of your question. But um, I also don't so. There are two things. One, that your spouse does things differently, but not necessarily better or worse. That that's a key thing that I had to come to respect that Michael as the dad, did things the dad way, which was equally as important for our kids to experience. Um, And then two, like if there was something that we normally do, like I would just say, it's really important that, especially for like our Cecilia with school, like we do things a certain way. And that is the best way to do it for her. So it would be like, this is how you do this grammar test or whatever. And then she won't lose her mind <laughs> or get upset.
0: But I still refuse to do it that way. <laughs> oh, I don't care. There's only a right way. There's the right way, the wrong way, and the Gomer way. And the Gomer way is the wrong way, but faster. What's the best idea that you haven't been able to convince me of yet?
1: Getting a new van.
0: <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> Ours still runs like a dream, even though it leaks and squeaks. The
1: windshield is cracking.
0: Cracking, broke. (laughs) Mm. Taxes. I got very sad when she said that. Do we ever have disagreements on aspects of the faith and what's most important? How have we dealt with those? I think our number. Oh, oh, we have one major disagreement about our faith in our family. I, I want to go all Latin and you won't let no know. That's such <laughs> a. I mean, I wouldn't a heartbeat, but. You
1: want to start failing
0: <laughs> Want to start failing? Veiling. Idea. <laughs> He's my mantilla. Um I just, I'm scared of my thinning hair. I want to be accepted. jerk. Why did you have to air our dirty line? It's
1: not really for the guys to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dare you presume my gender? The thing that I think we disagree on is enforcing daily mass on our kids at least once a week. I would not send my kids to a Catholic school that does not take their kids to weekly mass. Yeah, we don't do weekly mass because it's like 20 minutes away. That's where... That's where I, it's it's a lot. It is. And it's at nine o'clock. Most churches have mass in the morning before work. Our church has it when everyone's work starts at 9 a.m.
1: If they had (laughs) a noon, too, that'd be game changer. That would
0: be awesome. Okay. I don't think we ever have really. My wife doesn't believe in the Bible. She doesn't think it's real. So she doesn't ever read it. Shannon, why do you hate the Bible so much? What's one thing Gomer doesn't understand about being from St. Louis that you wish he would?
1: Toasted raviolis.
0: (laughs) Regular raviolis are so much better than gross toasted I call them gas station raviolis, but Okay, what about my your side of the breakup story that Luke mercilessly teases me about? It really does I'm not gonna lie, it pisses me off when Luke does it. Because he does it he says it at like what does he say? Oh he'll be like, Oh, like that one time when you collapsed crying on the Huss front yard when Shannon drove away and I'm like
1: Mama Hust arms. No, it was in... That's her interpretation of it.
0: <laughs> sure, whatever. I, I, I pretty much blacked out when you drove away.
1: So did I, but I was driving.
0: Why were you so hesitant to say yes to my marriage proposal? I mean, because I literally had a ring and many other items to woo you.
1: You had your mother's ring.
0: Mm-hmm. Go
1: on. <laughs> Anyways, so let's just <laughs> put that out there. Uh, and... Uh, no, I was angry. I I was the angriest I probably have ever been in life. And I was angry at you. And I was angry at God. And I was angry at anybody at that moment who said anything that wasn't in line with what I was thinking.
0: There was a guy walking his dog and she's like, and I don't like you either. And your dog's dumb. And the dog just cried.
1: No, but I was angry. I was so angry. And it was one of those things. I was angry because I wasn't willing to let go And just trust in whatever God had planned. Like, we had to break up because we couldn't continue just dating. Like, that that shake-up needed to happen. Just
0: five (laughs) gentle years of dating. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yes. But anyways. Day by day. uh, So, it needed to happen. But the thing was, is that when it did happen, I didn't allow for healing. I just stayed angry that it happened. If that makes any sense. You were so angry. I was so
0: angry. You were so angry. I'll never forget. I thought I won when she started crying while I was proposing to her. But then at the end, I detected a sharpness to those tears. So many daggers that would come three but, days later.
1: Instead of being, like, good and romantic, I just was like, where the hell was this a couple weeks ago? It's right here. It's
0: now. Actually, I'm it was like, three months. it's this
1: now instead of then? Like, why? Like, what's, what's changed? Like, what is... Anyways, and then I threw away your roses as soon as you left. (laughs) I didn't press them.
0: Oh, I got them at Walmart. It's fine. (laughs) If you'd rather your husband have the ability to fly, have super strength, go invisible, or produce any number of tacos at will, what would it be? Gosh, the
1: tacos sound amazing. What would you rather have?
0: I'd rather have super strength.
1: Okay, super strength.
0: Or I'd be invisible. I feel like no, I would. I, be I feel invisible. like if I were. You
1: would do so many things yeah. to me and your children. <laughs> no.
0: And I feel like mortal sin is right around the corner from invisibility. <laughs> we play, I played the first day of VBS, I played Would You Rather, where you had to run to one side of the room or the other. And one of it was, would you rather be invisible or fly? Which is the standard opening, would you rather. And for all the people who said I'd rather be invisible, which was the majority of people, I was like, I'm going to keep my – we're going to write down your names. If you're invisible, you're up to no good. You're up to no good. You're not benefiting anyone. You're not a Navy SEAL going to sneak up on some enemy. You're a creeper, and we know it, and your names are on a list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Bradley – I don't think Bradley likes these AMAs, so he writes very very interesting non Non-Shannon-related questions. Who would win in a fight? A trillion lions or the sun?
1: The sun.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think Bradley took that one seriously. Bradley, just to let you know, I took the time to take you seriously. Hope asks a really interesting question that's like a 45-minute question that I actually want to build an episode out of. So, sorry, Hope. But this has been AMA. Ask Michael's wife, anything.
1: A-M-W-A.
0: Uh, yes, exactly. What is one thing you want to leave with our Catching Foxes audience today?
1: And rules and Luke drools.
0: <laughs> God, that was embarrassing. No, nope. that's how it's ending. <laughs> Good night. Oh, no. Special thanks to our sponsors.